0: Beyond Belief Sobriety is a podcast and community for people who are seeking or who have found a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Hello, thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Today's episode features Ryan Mack, a mindset and fitness coach who helps people master their minds and bodies to heal from trauma, depression, addiction, and anxiety, while at the same time obtaining their dream body. But before we get started, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Soberly. We need to talk about alcohol recovery in the workplace. Talking about sobriety and proving it to your employer can be so difficult, and our friends at Soberlink want to help. If you need a reliable way to present documented proof of sobriety to a boss or loved one, Soberlink can help. Soberlink is a high-tech portable breathalyzer system that uses facial recognition technology to verify identity, has unique sensors to ensure that no other air sources are being used, and sends results directly to your specified contacts, so there's no questioning whether or not you took the test and whether or not you altered the reporting. This is why Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is considered the gold standard. Being in recovery from alcohol does not define the future of your career. Let Soberlink help. Learn more about Soberlink and request an exclusive $50 off promo code by visiting soberlink.com BBS. And now, episode 282, Mind, Body, and Recovery with Ryan
1: Mack. I started with the whole addiction thing when I was quite young. Like, I started really young. I smoked weed for the first time when I was about 12. I was in like sixth grade. And by the time I was about 17, 18, started getting big into Xanax. And that evolved into many other things, opiates and, you know, the whole the party drugs, the cocaine, all that stuff. And it got really bad for me and it not only that but it was uh I think that oppression played a big role it fueled my addiction because I was like really craved the high from things that would give you like opiates and you know the like the cocaine and stuff that would give me that instant rush it always kind of gave me the happiness that I always was lacking and the xanax kind of gave me like the relief from my anxiety my social anxiety I felt like if I took the xanax I could be myself I can go to a party and go out with social events and stuff and I could be myself and it just kind of spiraled into this whirlwind of just like addiction and just, I came to have like suicidal thoughts. And, you know, there was a couple of moments where I almost did take my life and it, it got really dark and that lasted from about 17, 18 to about 27. So decade, little over a decade. um, Yeah, it got really bad, but uh, afterwards, like throughout that whole decade, I had tried everything. Like I, had been, I went to rehab and I was about 20 relapsed about a week outside of rehab went right back to my old lifestyle um i for the depression stuff i had been to psychologists psychiatrists counselors hypnotherapists you know i tried everything so i was really becoming hopeless i tried numerous medications and then of course me being like an addict didn't really mix well with things like antidepressants it just made me even more crazy and so yeah that's kind of my story with addiction And then, you know, after around three, four years ago, uh, I have a a big transformation came and something came over me and I just really kind of combined things from mentors I had had and uh, I really just transformed my life. So that's kind of how I went from addiction and kind of became who I am today.
0: What was that experience that kind of was transformative that got you to go a different direction?
1: Yeah, so I had been in a toxic relationship with my ex for almost eight years seven eight years we lived together for like six of those years we had a dog it was like really serious but it was very toxic and she was just as much of an addict as me we kind of fueled each other's fire and we partied 24 7 i was actually writing music at the time so you know that lifestyle comes with a lot of that too and so it was very toxic and uh i was kind of getting to my wits end with the whole depression thing the addiction thing the whole relationship thing it was really starting to like break me down. I was kind of getting to my end. I feel like I tried everything. I was like just hopeless at that point. And a blessing in disguise happened. My niece was being born. And and um, I was in Tennessee at the time. I spent, me and my ex moved out there for just shy of a year for some music stuff I was doing. And my niece was being born. This is like almost like a little bit before COVID started happening. And um, I was like, I'm going to go back to Arizona to, uh, to, to be there for my niece being born. And I didn't want her to come with me. You know, we were in a bad place, and this and that. So I, good, I took my dog. And luckily, thank God, I drove. Well, not thank God, you know, but That's okay. I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy, I trust hear. me. But um, but anyways, you know, uh, I took the dog, and I got in my car. Thankfully, I didn't fly. I got my dog, and I drove to Phoenix. And um, I was there with my family, and I had been away from my family for like a long time because I spent like ten years in LA. So I had, I was really, I'm very close with my family too. We're very close in it, like big Italian family. And I was very close with them. So I'd been away from them for so long and I saw them randomly, maybe holidays here and there. So when I finally went back to be there for my niece being born, I was like, you know, something came over me and I was like, you know, like, this feels like where I should be right now. I feel like I'm in a place in my life right now where this is, I need to be around people that I love and I'm get away from all this toxic stuff in my life. And then I luckily got a call from a friend back in Nashville. And she had told me some stuff my ex had said about me, and at that point, I was kind of just waiting for like a reason to uh to break up with her. So she told me some stuff she had said about me that was very like disrespectful, and that kind of gave me my reason. So I called her up and I was like, "Look, I'm done. I'm not coming back to Nashville. I'm taking keeping the dog, this and that." And um, we kind of just that was the end of it. I just kind of sacked up, and I was like, "I'm done. Like this is I." It was really hard, you know, like nothing like that is easy especially when you've been for somebody that long. But like, I was at a point where I was like, look, I need to do something uncomfortable. I need to do something aside from what I've been doing. Cause obviously what I'm doing isn't working. So I decided, you know, I'm going to make this change and it's going to be rough and it's going to hurt, but I'm going to do it. Cause I know it's the best for me. And I know this relationship is just dragging me down and it's supporting this bad lifestyle that I have. So, so where did
0: you first go for help?
1: For help? Um, I, I had uh but when I moved back to, uh, to, uh, Arizona, I, had hired a coach and he was very militant. This is more so for fitness, a little bit of mindset stuff, but he was very militant and he taught me discipline. He taught me extreme discipline. And back in the day when I was like mid twenties, I had gone to a hypnotherapist and he was like a shaman kind of guy. He was certified PhD, all this stuff. He's very knowledgeable, very intellectual. And after doing some work with him, he had brought me on. And he he after we finished our sessions together, he was like, I actually really like you. And he ended up taking me on. So he was one of my mentors as well. And what well, he taught me played a big role in my transformation. So he had took me in after he, we did our sessions together. He's like, look, I really like you. I'd like to teach you all I know about the mind and have you be a therapist at my place. And I took him up on that and I trained with him for like a year straight, five days a week. And when I started working from him for him, I realized it wasn't for me because I, I didn't feel right giving these people this kind of guidance when I was still living this toxic lifestyle. So I ditched that but long story short, jump ahead. I had this militant coach and he was teaching me all about discipline, extreme discipline, militant lifestyle. And then I combined what he had taught me with what I learned about the mind previously. And it all started to make sense for me. It all started to come together like tenfold. And that's how I made my transformation. And I could dive into that further. Really
0: interesting how the mind and the body came together. You... Uh, When you wrote me, you mentioned that I think it was was from the first mentor, maybe where you learned the difference between your mind and yourself. Is that right from him? Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: hundred percent. So he used to always tell me you are not your mind and your mind is not you. And he really established, he used to tell me, people always say mind, soul, and body. It's actually mind or soul, mind, and then body. So it's soul is at the top of the spiritual hierarchy. If you're going to follow me on that. So, um, when it comes to the whole uh, the whole mind thing. So you have to accept yourself as the soul or the awareness behind the thoughts you have. And your mind is the, the whole thing about the thoughts. So like your mind is designed to keep you comfortable and keep you safe. So your mind is what provides you with anxiety and it makes a lot of mistakes more often than not because back in the day, anxiety was a healthy thing when a tiger got into a village in the Stone Age and made sense. But over time, it's actually been more detrimental to us than helpful because now it makes us feel like, because your mind does not know the difference between emotional and physical pain. So if you are a young child, go to school and you're bullied in a social situation, your mind will make a list of that, of that's unsafe. So now social situations are unsafe to your mind. So now every time in the future, when you're in a social situation, you're going to get anxiety because your mind is trying to warn you, this is safe. This is unsafe. This is going to make you, it's going to hurt. So it makes a lot of mistakes. So what I've learned to do through discipline and combining that, Is you have to discipline your mind and through disciplining your mind, when you are leading your mind, you can learn how to get rid of things like anxiety, depression, and addiction. Because like I said, our mind always wants to keep us comfortable and keep us safe. So when you develop an addiction, your mind learns that addiction to be comfortable and safe for you because you start withdrawing. Your mind's like, do this and make you feel better. You have a long day and you're stressed out and you're an alcoholic. Your mind's like, "Have a drink; it'll make you feel better." It's your mind wants to keep you safe and comfortable. So when you learn to discipline that mind and take control of it and lead it as the soul over the mind, then you can eliminate things like addiction and depression.
0: Isn't uh, that interesting? So you know, we often forget. Um, I say we. I often forget the mind is an organ. It's like a, any other part of your body. It's it has functional you know, it purposes to keep me alive, but it is an organ and it's not me. It's not, doesn't, I might, I might behave or act according to what my mind is perceiving and wanting to do, but you can control that just as you can learn to control other parts of your body. Exactly. And just Mm -hmm. being aware, I guess, of the thoughts.
1: Exactly. The awareness is the big part.
0: So for, for you, does meditation come into play for, for that? Or, or how what do you do to, to have that awareness?
1: So meditation, I'm never against it. But to when it comes to the awareness, it's really just that what I've been trained um, and what I believe is that when your awareness is really just your higher self, the best version of you, your highest potential, trying to pull you to be the best version of you. And our mind is what will keep us from that. Because it's, it's almost like you have to look at your mind as a little kid. It doesn't mean any harm. It almost means the best thing for you. But you have to almost like lead as you lead a child, you need to lead your mind because your mind does not know what it's doing. So when we are the awareness behind that, it really doesn't come down to meditation. It comes down to action. And action is, how, is, is the cure, in my opinion, to everything that ails you. Because the way we disciplined our mind is like your mind is that voice when you are getting out of when you wake up in the morning and you want to sleep in and you want to sleep in till the noon and you want to snooze your alarm that's your mind because it's like this is comfortable I'm comfortable I'm sleepy this the blankets feel amazing stay in bed but your inner voice your awareness is like no we need to get up we have stuff to do today that's your higher self saying get out of bed stop wasting your life get up and go do something with yourself and become the best version of you when we're on the couch and we know we should be going to the gym but we want to skip the gym. That's your mind saying, that doesn't sound fun. That sounds uncomfortable. But your awareness is saying, no, go to the gym. That's going to make you confident in yourself. It's going to make you look good, feel good. It's going to make you the best version of you. So that awareness is always trying to make you be the best version of you. And our minds hold us back from that. So what I, my whole my whole uh, training and my, my program is to teach you how to control that mind, discipline that mind so that you can overall become the best version of you and ditch things like anxiety depression and addiction.
0: Okay. So basically what you did then you took what you learned about the mind and being aware of the mind and how it operates with the discipline that you learned from from your other from your other coach, right? So that you could actually exercise some discipline over your mind. Can you talk about you know, I think that you mentioned when you wrote me that You practice extreme discipline. Can you can you talk about discipline a little bit? I guess I'd like to know what you think it is and what is extreme discipline. Is it any different than any other kind of discipline?
1: It's just extreme discipline. Is just living this like with discipline to a to a T. And like every day, it's not by choice. It's not like you. I mean, it's not like you don't get to pick and choose. It's just it's a lifestyle. And my definition of discipline is doing what you need to do over what you want to do. So when you like I said, you, wanna, you wake up and your alarm goes off and you want to sleep in. Having discipline is getting out of bed no matter how you feel. That's the biggest part. No matter how you feel, because you're more often than not going to feel like doing what's best for you. So getting up. I wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning every single day. I post it on my Instagram every day. I'm up at 4 a.m. And I do that because it's hard. And doing what's hard makes us strong. Doing what's easy makes us weak. And how do you expect to beat addiction and depression when you're in a weak state of mind?
0: That that is true, isn't it? That any any kind of action we take does help strengthen us. You know, I I was told you know um, by a therapist years ago that one of the best things you can do for depression is take a walk, you know, just to get active, you know, and 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 exercise like that.
1: Yeah, and to speak on that, like it, like just I totally agree with you. But like when we're in a very de- really depressed state. That sounds like a mission. That sounds like, oh my God, it's the last thing I want to do is go on a walk right now. I just want to stay in bed and just shut off from the world. But when we force ourselves, when we have the discipline, no matter how we feel, to get up and go on that walk, it's taking charge of your mind because that's the way you take charge of your mind. When your mind wants to sleep in, you get up. When your mind wants to skip the gym, you go to the gym, no matter how you feel. When your mind wants to eat McDonald's, you eat chicken and rice instead that's having extreme discipline. You're constantly doing the opposite of what your mind wants to do. As long as what your mind wants to do isn't serving you. Eating McDonald's doesn't serve you. Skipping the gym doesn't serve you. Sleeping in doesn't serve you. If what it wants to do serves you, by all means, do whatever you want. But most, more often than not, your mind just wants to keep you comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you're not growing. You have to make yourself uncomfortable in order to grow. So that's basically what I mean by having extreme discipline is to every single day do what you know is best for you and have the discipline to do it no matter how you feel.
0: So were you interested in, in fitness prior to recovery or prior to using, um, or is this new to you?
1: I mean, I, my parents have always been to the gym since I was a child. I was kind of like that kid that would go in the daycare at the gym kind of thing. And I got my first personal training when I was like 14, but I, but I had never really like, once I started getting heavy into addiction, that's when I kind of fell out of it. Like I, I might have here and there, like, you know, I went to rehab and they're like, you need to work out. I might've gotten gym membership for a month, but then, you know, you're you're an addict and you're doing this lifestyle. And I did it. So I never really stuck with it. And I wasn't really, I was not in shape whatsoever when I moved back to Phoenix from having being in Nashville. So I, as much as it was in my life, it really wasn't.
0: Right. It's like, um, so addiction takes a lot away from us that uh, things that we enjoyed or things that we did that were good for us prior to our addiction becoming a problem, we lose that. And I, th- and I think that for me, one of, one of the most important things about being in recovery is getting back some of the, some of the dreams or some of the activities that you used to do before the, the addiction took those away. And it sounds like when you reach that point of transformation where you realized you needed to do something, you reached back to that part of you that was good for you prior to the addiction taking over.
1: 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm.
0: So talk about coaching a little bit. Talk about being a mindset coach and a and a fitness coach. I think you talked about it a little bit, but if you can maybe go into a little bit more detail about that and what you specifically
1: do. Yeah, of course. So when I when I come to a new client, I, my my preferred client is someone that struggles with the things that I have struggled with. I will take on people that really just want to get in shape. I have no problem with that. I still teach them some mindset stuff and I teach them how to master their mind and master their body at the same time. But ultimately, I get the most uh, satisfaction out of helping people that have struggled like me. But when I meet with the client, fitness does play a huge aspect in my, in my, my coaching. And I will get you in shape. I will get you in the best shape of your life, hands down, as long as you do what I say. But more so what I really focus on is the mindset training teaching you how to be and holding you accountable to living with the discipline and learning how to master your mind? Because that's truly how we master our minds: doing what you like, do, doing the opposite of what your mind wants to do. If you want to master your mind, then control it. And the way you're going to control it is getting up when your mind wants to sleep in, eating clean when your mind wants to be bad, skip going to the gym when your mind wants to skip it. Anything that your mind doesn't want to do, if you take control of that, you are a master of your mind. There's no way. And when you do that. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and all that. I listen to Bob Proctor and Napoleon Hill and all these guys, really uh, wealthy men, and they all speak of it. They all speak of uh, vibration. We all vibrate on frequencies. And when you're addiction, when you're in an addiction and you're doing all these like negative habits, you're vibrating at a very low frequency. You're just drawing more negativity to you. And then when you raise your frequency through having positive habits and disciplining your mind you're on the same frequency as the better things in life like when i when i finally healed myself and i got out of that relationship i healed myself i attracted the woman that i've been waiting for for so long i've been in three long term relationships all toxic the moment that i healed myself and i raised my vibration i attracted who's going to be my wife i'm actually getting married next friday so thank you very much yeah so I'm, my point is is like you just have to can constantly keep your frequency high and the way you're going to do that is by disciplining your mind and that's how you're going to master your mind. And once you do that, once you have the discipline to master your mind, you're going to start drawing so much stuff to you. Your career is going to get better. Your bank account's going to look better. You're going to feel better, look better, have better relationships. It all comes down to that. So what I do is when I get a new client, I'll dial in their macros, which is like uh fats, proteins, and carbs. I'll get them. I'll get. I'll listen to their like you know their their physical goal, and I'll get them the exact diet that they need to achieve that. And I'll stay on them about that. And I do have a I have a coaching app like a, where a fitness app where I give them workouts daily. It's all online coaching. If you're in Phoenix, I will coach you in person, but I more so do online coaching. We have one we have one weekly coaching call a week for about thirty minutes to an hour, depending on kind of like our podcast, depending on how long how good the conversation goes and stuff. But mainly, what I do is I just teach them discipline. I teach them all about the mind. I teach them how the mind works, how it, you know, provides us with anxiety, how it how, you know, basically everything I've been talking about. And I can go further into that as well, but I teach them how it works and then I teach them how to discipline it, how to take control of it. And then I applied the fitness aspect that kind of the fitness kind of ties into the discipline because you have to have the discipline to follow the diet. Following a, a really strict diet is extreme discipline because food is like a great thing. Everybody wants food. And I will admit when I quit drugs, food became like my new uh, my new drug. And it was hard for me to learn how to discipline that, too. But so basically... Following a diet is extreme discipline. Going to the gym five to seven days a week is extreme discipline. And then I have them practice solid daily habits. I give them a daily program and I help them structure the day. I make sure they wake up early. I hold them accountable waking up early every day because I'm up before him every day. And I just kind of have them develop a really solid daily program that they will follow every day because I feel like people that struggle with addiction, they need that. They need the, the, the program. They need the routine of waking up and having a routine because when we become bored and we become lost, we go back to old, old habits because we're vibing at a low frequency at that
0: point. Yeah. It's also really good that, um, you're focusing on diet, um, along with with everything else, because what we put in our bodies makes a huge difference. So when I, when I was getting sober back in the 1980s, it was, uh, AA meetings that were filled with smoke in the room and nobody was, nobody was exercising or talking about diet You know, and I wasn't certainly wasn't eating very well. So that was one component of my recovery that was certainly being neglected. And it wasn't really until maybe ten years in that I started making some changes there. And that was actually, interestingly enough, through a therapist who who recommended that I start eating well and exercising as a way of building self esteem. And you know what?
1: It actually worked. So exactly. Exactly. But it's also
0: interesting how um and I've noticed this just recently because I'm I'm I binge on crap all the time but um lately for the last month i guess i've just avoided all junk junk crappy food just have just have avoided it me and my wife both have done the same thing we just kind i don't know what happened we just got sick of it you know potato chips all this kind of crap just cut it out it's amazing what a difference that makes just cutting that stuff out, how you actually start losing a little bit of weight and you start feeling better and you don't even want it anymore. That's what gets me is you don't even think about wanting that kind of stuff. It seems like it's not even food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Once you leave it long enough, it gets easier. It yeah. gets easier.
0: <laughs> so I think I think that, boy, we're on a good start here. Let's just keep, let's just keep going with that.
1: I love it. I
0: love it. <laughs> So can you talk a little bit about, so you actually developed a program um, that people can follow. Can you go into a little bit of detail about that?
1: Yeah. So, so when I get the program, so basically I will, I get you on my training app and we have a weekly coaching call and basically I'll make sure I'll get, I'll ask them, you know, kind of how their day goes. Like, do they have kids? Do they have a job? And I'll help them structure a day. I'll give them a wake up time. I like to my my clients to journal and reflect. And when I say journal, I don't just want them to sit there, and write. I am grateful for my dog and my grandma and this that, you know, I want them to really truly reflect because anything that we regret in this life is our higher selves, our consciousness way of telling you, you are out of alignment with who you're supposed to be. So when you eat bad and you feel that, you know, we eat McDonald's and it's so good when we're eating it and then it's done and we're like, why did I do that? That's your conscious saying that was that's not going to make you the best version of you when you skip the gym you know it's like at first you're like oh yeah like screw the gym and then and then and then you like later you're like dang like i probably should have went to the gym <laughs> that you know what i mean yeah. that's your conscious telling yeah. you like, yeah, you should have went probably. you should have that's gone. gonna make you yeah. that's gonna make you the best version of you right. just like you you gave up the chips i'm sure something was telling you give <laughs> up the chips that's probably your higher self saying look john like you'd be better without this <laughs> yeah. stuff. you know what i mean so I kind of give them. I'll kind of figure out how they structure their day and help them structure it in a better way. And kind of like a cut, like a, make it accustomed to like the fact that they might have kids or you know they have a job at this time. And I'll basically just help them structure their day. I'll give them daily tasks like like journaling, going to the gym, you eating a clean diet, and I just basically help them structure a solid day. And then I hold them accountable to it. Check in with them weekly on a Zoom call. And I have a uh, upload workouts for them daily on my app. We stay in constant communication on the app throughout the week, and that's basically what it comes down to. And the mindset, the mindset training, really comes in the Zoom calls.
0: Cool. So, is is it all through the app, or do you have a website
1: also? Um, currently, I'm just doing it through the app. I I take I I. You can um, reach me on my Instagram, which is at the Mac M A C K Mindset at the Mac Mindset, or you can email me um, Ryan Mac Coaching at Gmail. My uh my uh, Instagram is linked to my contact dot Ryan Mac, which is the one we've been speaking on. You can reach me. You can reach me there as well. But as of right now, that's where I'm at. I will have a website soon, but uh, as of right now, that's all I'm running.
0: I wonder if even a website is even necessary. It seems like. I know, that's <laughs> Exactly. That's kind of why I haven't done it. <laughs> that's like, yeah. so yeah, it's like uh, I, more and more people that I um, like you that I know that are connecting with people online. And helping them, coaching them, whatever, are doing so through Instagram and, and other forms of communication, not necessarily some static website. In fact, I I have a little website um, for the podcast, but it's not like it gets a whole lot of um, attention. Uh, people get the the podcast from downloading it on their phone and or uh, going to the uh, or actually on YouTube. I get a pretty good uh, response from YouTube as well. But
1: awesome, yeah, that's a great way. YouTube, Instagram, and. Uh, tiktok even is becoming great platforms to market yourself and to get business and network
0: Uh uh-huh well you're i'm pretty impressed with what you what you've got going on there uh i i I like the I, i like the fact that once you recognize that you had a problem that you took the initiative to find your own path and and i think that's really important that people find a path that works for them and you did and not only that but you took what what you learned while you're on that journey to help other people as well. And that's pretty cool. That's that's how I understand recovery is having not just the not not just getting back what you lost from your addiction and getting healthy and and changing and growing, but connecting with other people like like you are and, you know, putting that message out there. It's also good that you're open, I think, about about your addiction, about your struggles with depression, and um, how you found a way out of that.
1: Yeah, 100%. I was always told by my coaches that your purpose is to heal your pain and then create the person you admire, heal your pain, and teach others to do the same. So just like you're doing, you got this podcast going. I think it's a great thing because I feel like it'd be a shame for me to not um, be open with my story. I'd be doing the world a disservice because I feel like you can help a lot of people just like you are like relating to them, you know, people think they're alone. And when you relate to them and you show them, look, I was there and you can change. I feel like some people think they can't change and you can change. I'm telling you, I was at the bottom. I was doing the bad stuff, the fentanyl, and all the, yes, I, that's was, right. I it's was amazing. You're alive. Exactly. There was a lot of dark times. My fiance coming home to me with my face and my food, like I, I just passed out on fentanyl. Like I've been there. So like nobody, nobody, you can tell me nobody that none of my clients can come to me and tell me like, you don't understand. I'm like, dude, I was an addict. Like you don't get it. Like addict selling my stuff, pawning my stuff. I was an addict. I was depressed. I used to there was multiple times where I almost took my life. Like, you can't tell me that I don't understand you. And I'm telling you that it's up to you to make the decision. And I don't blame people. Like, like I said, I tried everything. I went to psychiatrists, hypnotherapists. I went to rehab, I went to counselors, I went to everything. So I understand that people feel hopeless, but I'm telling you, it all comes down to you. You have the power, you have everything you need inside you to heal your pain. It's just a decision.
0: So do you have any final thoughts? Is there anything that we've left out that you want to talk about?
1: I mean, I feel like I've gotten my point across. I just, like like I said, everybody that's listening, if you're struggling, you just need to take control. It's up to you. It's a choice. Don't be weak. We do. We we get strong by doing what's hard. Doing what's hard for you makes you strong. Doing what's easy for you makes you weak. And you're not going to be addiction, depression, anxiety, or anything in a weak frame of mind. So you need to make the decision to change and you need to have the discipline to do it. And if you need help, you can reach out to me, reach out to John. And yeah, that's about it.
0: Well, fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, I'll put your um, Instagram information and any other contact information you want us to, to use in the show notes so that people can get in touch with you and and hopefully um, sign up for your app and, and get on with their recovery. So thank you, Ryan. It was really nice to meet with you and to learn more about you, your program, and your recovery.
1: I love it, John. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been fun.